DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call them at 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. We're joined now by Ryan Thorburn. He covers the Oregon Ducks. He's the beat writer for the Register Guard in Eugene, Oregon. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property. Concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at Smart Rain. Net. Ryan, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So I guess the first question right out of the gate is the Ducks and the playoff talk, is it too much hype or can they pull this off? I don't think it's too much hype just in the sense that Mario Cristobal has stacked together three top ten recruiting classes and they have uh, a list of key super seniors back. So they have the experience, they have the talent, they have depth at every position. Uh, obviously, winning at Ohio State is something that the Pac-12 could really use for the Ducks to go ahead and do that and get in the mix from the get-go. That's a really a tall task when you look at you know Ohio State stacked together, you know top five recruiting classes for years and years. So, uh, you know I I don't see that happening in terms of beating Ohio State in the horseshoe, but they do have the talent in place to give it a run for sure. So we heard uh, after Friday's practice that Cristobal addressed the suspensions of safety uh, Jamal Hill and DJ James. Uh, apparently they were shooting airsoft guns at people from a car. Uh, I don't know what that's about, uh, but what type of penalty is for, in terms of duration is that going to be? Yeah, obviously uh, really a bad start to, to fall camp. That actually happened. Uh, that incident happens. Hours after their media day on Tuesday, it happened late Tuesday night. So both those players are projected starters and both are suspended indefinitely. I'd be surprised if they're in the Ohio State game. I mean, those are that's a pretty bonehead thing to do. It's pretty serious. You know, one person is allegedly hit in the face. You know, I don't know a lot about airsoft guns other than they kind of look like a real gun and it's probably like a modern-day BB gun. So... Uh, not the way you want to start camp. You know, as I mentioned, I think DJ James, who had two interceptions in the Pac-12 championship game, is one of their top five most talented players. He played the nickel, replaced Javon Holland, who's an NFL player now, seamlessly. And uh, Ohio State has the best wide receiving core in the nation. So really an ominous start. Oregon has depth, like I mentioned, and they have young guys behind them that are you know, touted guys, but that's definitely a hit to lose two starters right off the bat. And we'll see what that suspension ends up being once, you know, they're arraigned and, and the severity of the charges are, you know, either reduced or, or as they are now. So, PK was a writer for the Salt Lake Tribune for a long time, beat writer, and but covered different teams at Utah and BYU, football and basketball. And some of the teams there were sometimes problems behind the scenes. I guess loosely they'd be called discipline issues, but some of them were even bigger than that. Is this a team, because you're there and you're in Eugene, you're not in Portland trying to cover the team, but you're in Eugene, is this like a one-off and, and way out of character for this team? Or is there a chance that stuff could happen like this down the road that, you know, it's a little loose behind the scenes? What's your perception of it? Yeah, I mean, you never know when you have 118 guys or whatever they have at camp. You know, the odds are there's going to be one or two that that mess up. I mean, if you were 
just sample 100 random college students, that's going to happen. Um, these are young people that do dumb things, but I don't sense that there's any discipline issues overall in, in the team. I think you sense that in 2016, Helfrich's last team did not have good chemistry. They had a bunch of off the stuff and once the off the field stuff and once the season started going south, you could feel like there was just no hope of pulling out of it. I think this is a one-off, like you said, and, uh, you know, definitely a serious incident and definitely something that's going to impact the defense. But, you know, I think Mario Cristobal has a pretty tight grasp on what's going on in the program. Yeah, I think it's a blow, but when you got guys like Wright and McKinley back there defensively and then you've got somebody by the name of uh, Thibodeau in quarterback's faces virtually every play, I don't know if it's a fatal blow and, and a strong linebacking core there. And I can argue, you talked about Ohio State having the best receiving. And I can argue that the linebacking core at Oregon, which includes one of our local guys here, Sewell, that they're going to be fine defensively. Yeah, and, and on the flip side, you know, Ohio State has four you know, elite recruits that they haven't thrown a pass in college yet. The winner of that will have one game under his belt. And Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be putting a lot of pressure on that person. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Noah Sewell, an inside linebacker, a five-star recruit. Now his buddy Justin Flo, who missed last year with a, a knee injury, is probably going to be alongside him, another five-star recruit. Um, those two are among the top recruits Oregon's ever had behind Thibodeau. So their front seven should be really good. Mikhail Wright is a shutdown cornerback, and Ron McKinley's one of the smartest safeties and and these uh, two recruiting classes that haven't really played much football, it's like they have a g- one giant freshman class, you know, with last year being so strange, um, including a, a five-star cornerback, uh, Dante Manning. You know, talent is not the issue, and Tim DeRuiter has a history of improving defenses, so they should be better than they were last year on defense. So at quarterback, they're going to rely on a transfer who has had two knee injuries that have uh, ended seasons. Um, what are the reviews on Anthony Brown when you're close to the program? Yeah, I think Anthony Brown is, is the wild card in all of this. You know, I think whether they're a playoff caliber team or a Pac-12 championship team or a disappointment is going to come down to how Anthony Brown plays. They're not going to ask him to to carry the water. He's just got to manage things, but he's a a sixth-year senior, Boston College transfer, who, you know, wasn't really able to get in the mix last camp because he was not in the program during the spring, and then everything was shut down, and Pac-12 was so limited in practice that Tyler Shuck, you know, held on to that off of four spring practices and limited uh, fall camp. So Tyler Shuck has transferred to Texas Tech, um, I wouldn't say that Anthony Brown is a better quarterback than Tyler Shuck, but he could be a better fit for what Joe Moorhead does with his system. How about Ty Thompson in that quarterback race? Because I think that he might be the most talented of the three, including Butterfield. There's no question that you know he's a guy that fans are, are really excited about. Uh, one of the highest recruited quarterbacks, if not the highest recruited quarterback they've ever had. Um, he was in during spring, which helps. He looked, you know, obviously to be several steps behind Brown and even behind uh, their 2020 quarterbacks, uh, Robbie Ashford and Jay Butterfield. But, you know, it's only a matter of time until uh, a player of that caliber either 
wins the job or transfers in today's day and age. So uh, it would be interesting if Anthony Brown were to perform, you know, poorly and, and be the reason they didn't beat Ohio State. The next week they have Stony Brook. Do you throw one of the young guys in there and just go with the future? Uh, that'll be uh, an interesting situation for sure. So do they just need average quarterback play because the wide receivers are so good? I mean, you got a 6'5 target. Just don't screw this up. He's 6'5". It's a pretty big catch radius for Devin Williams. Yeah, I don't think it's just about the quarterback because, you know, some of these receivers and running backs, you know, Johnny Johnson, Jalen Red, Micah Pittman, uh, they, a lot of them have been around, and the running backs too, C.J. Verdell and Dye, they've been around, and they're the same guys that Justin Herbert was working with and, you know, now you hear the NFL scouts saying, well, Herbert didn't have any NFL guys that he was working with at skill positions. That's one reason he was maybe downgraded coming out. So they have a lot of the same guys. So I think it is a, how many of these true freshmen that look like more of the NFL type of prospects can supplant these seniors and, and have an impact on the team. I think that'll be key. We saw, you know, a couple of these wide receivers just show out in the spring game. It'll be really interesting to see if they – can mix and match the experience with the, the young talent, which is, you know, a, a higher quality of athlete. You think Washington is the toughest competition in the North? Yeah, I think Washington clearly is, is the toughest team in the North besides Oregon. That game's in Seattle. Um, that's the thing about Oregon as far as the playoff that makes it tough is all of their marquee games are on the road. When you look at Ohio State, Washington, UCLA against Chip Kelly, and then Utah. You know, there's there's just it's hard to imagine them not stubbing their toe once or twice there. So uh, that rivalry is obviously going to be spiced up even more than normal with Washington not being able to play the game last year and uh, forfeiting the North Division title or at least the Pac-12 championship game entry to their rivalry because of COVID. So. Uh, I, I don't think either team uh, is happy with the other the way 2020 played out. Come on, those two teams are never happy with each other. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I think the Pac-12 needs to root for any team, whether they hate them or not, to make the playoff. But, yeah, for sure, uh, that Husky uh, rivalry is going to be interesting with Jimmy Lake. You know, he, he's a guy who brings it on defense and is trying to – upgrade their recruiting, and Mario Cristobal uh, recruits every day of the year at a high level, so it should be good for years to come. How much do you think the teams that miss teams on the schedule is going to factor into Pac-12 race? Because you've got Oregon missing ASU and SC, so that's the first and third teams in the South. Then you got Washington, or excuse me, you got SC misses Oregon and Washington, who's first and second projected anyway. So I'm wondering, man, if the schedule maker, the way it just plays out as in the rotation, could end up having a fair amount of impact. Yeah, on paper, I think that's why Oregon and USC are picked again, is you know they don't play each other during the regular season, and they miss some of the other powers from the the other opposite division so you know on paper i get that i just think you know you just never know i think chip kelly's gonna have something to say about oregon as well um they have to go down to la to play them and uh even though utah has to play oregon it's at home in november 
that could be, uh, you know, that could swing the thing where it could be Utah-Washington instead of Oregon-SC, just if the Utah is able to beat Oregon. So you just never know. But, um, yeah, on paper, you know, I voted Oregon-USC because that's, I look at the schedules as much as anything else. Ryan Thorburn joining us, Oregon Ducks beat writer for the Register Guard in Eugene, Oregon. With the Oklahoma-Texas announcement, there's been plenty of speculation about super conferences. Who else does the SEC want to add? Is the Big Ten going to try to take the top teams out of the Pac-12? How serious is that talk in, in Eugene, and how would Oregon officials receive any of that? Well, right now, Rob Mullins is trying to, you know, I think his stance is that it's very early, and, and George K. Um, I haven't mastered the last name yet. The new Pac-12 commissioner's <laughs> tenure, and you know the timing of that. You know they're trying to just get on the same page with the new Pac-12 commissioner right now, and and I think if all 12 teams are on the same page, I don't see any way they're going to add any of these hateful eight, big eight leftovers. I don't think they add anything to the conference really. So it's a matter of. I think what we're seeing nationwide is it's all about the big brands and are the big brands happy. So I think if USC is on board with the Pac-12, things are going to be okay. If they want to go independent or maybe join the Big Ten, then then we've, there's a problem out on the West Coast. So uh, I think the key over the next few years as this thing unfolds is you know what's best for USC and to a lesser degree Oregon as a national brand also. Well, Ryan, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to that uh, Utah-Oregon game uh, in November. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks, guys. Ryan Thorburn, Oregon Ducks beat writer for the Register Guard in Eugene, Oregon. You think it comes down to the schedule? You hate schedule talk, but this is too big to ignore. Potentially. Right Utah's now, anyway. Utah's missing Washington Cal, so it's not like the Utes are missing... Missing, uh, you know, the fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth best teams in the division. Right. And so it may not matter. Right. Uh, but I think it's significant that Oregon misses SC. And then SC misses the numbers one and two teams projected? I know. I mean, that... Was Cal three or four? I think there were four. Was Stanford okay. three? Yeah. I had to double check that. Yeah, I think Stanford was three. Um, but... Yeah, that's just weird. And I would hate to have it come to that. But I think in this case, with SC missing both of these teams... SC would say, well, this is what it came to two years know, ago. The youths didn't play I Oregon. I got it. I yeah. understand that. I don't, you can Welcome just go to back these 12-team leagues, right? Yeah. At 10, where yeah. you could play nine games, one true champion, as the Big Ten said, and literally nobody is sticking with that. Which is why <laughs> I would pick... Play all eleven. That'd be awesome. And then basketball's inching towards all twenty-two, right? They're supposed to go to twenty this year, which I think is dumb not to just go two more, especially in basketball. There's two non-conference games yeah. that can be sacrificed. <laughs> I haven't looked at all your schedules, yeah. but I bet I can if find. If you're them. playing Texas yeah. Southern, you yeah. can play a pack. Right, right, exactly. Like right. I said, I haven't seen the schedule, but I bet I can figure them out. I just know that BYU has Texas Southern on there, so I'm assuming they're coming here and playing somebody yeah. else and, in state. And you look at it, and especially for basketball. Because they need as much early season buzz as they can get. Because it's sort of lost with everything that's going on in NFL and college. Because football is so big. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. 
Swallows it up. Right. And so if you play a conference game. conference, you give yourself a chance. Yeah. It It might not make a splash, but you give yourself a chance. Right. But then when you get to the first week of March, there is a sense of equity and everybody that, had two shots at each other. Yeah. And all these conference tournament games are the third matchup. And are particularly there when you you would play everyone home and away. See, the SEC went to 10 games. Now, they're also going to 16 teams. But I thought it worked. I thought that was an exciting SEC season. I know it was a weird year and everybody wasn't playing. And NFL games were ending up on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And all, but the SEC playing 10 games, I thought that was good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that they want to continue that. But they don't. This could end up being a significant advantage for SC. Now, Utah, I mean, you go tell Winningham this, he's going to slap you in the face. Get that crap out of here. Yeah. Because that's just an excuse. It go is win your is. bowl games. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who's playing whom, who's not playing whom, none of that stuff. You go win your games. And you don't have to worry about anything, right? You can, right now, literally every team controls its destiny as that cliche goes. And so you have that opportunity. And in the end, you're right. Well, this year it's this. Last year was that. Not last year, but the year before or whatever. And in the coming years, you could be at an advantage. So all that stuff is a bunch of blah, blah, blah. But just specifically this year, as it turns out, SC is missing both the team, and I think it's either going to be one of those two. I actually went with Washington ahead of Oregon myself. Um, I just felt like they had more experience that I could count. Well, it's on. not outrageous that Cal ends up third and Washington ends up first, and the Utes could be missing two of the top three. Now, it may not work out that way. They might end up second except, and fourth. Yeah, except they're not, and that's good. It's all on paper right now, anyway. Right, but they're competing with SC. Yep. I don't think they're competing with the teams below them. Now, sure, as I'm sitting here, somebody from the below them in a preseason might get them. Because so, your theory, there, yeah, there's always yeah, five shockers yeah. in the league. So, it, Is it three or five? It's not five, it's three. Three. Three head scratchers. two or three. Two or three head scratchers yeah. in the league. Yeah. So that could be one of the head scratchers. Right. You never know. Chip Kelly's team with an experienced quarterback could get the Utes this year. Maybe, maybe so. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. But it just strikes you right now. It's certainly minimally right now a talking point. Maybe well, it, we just proved when that. we get to end of November, maybe it isn't a talking point. You know <laughs> we, what I mean? We just proved it's a talking point. Because if SC turns around and loses to somebody else that we didn't anticipate, Arizona. Arizona gave him a whale of a game last year for some reason that I don't understand. Right? That crappy Arizona team. Uh, so maybe they beat him this year. Who knows? Who knows what's going right. to happen? And Colorado's somewhat of a dark horse. So all sorts of stuff can happen. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. When we come back, everything you missed in this show, we'll get you up to speed next. Andy Bailey analyzing the NBA, the uh, playoff race in the West after all the free agent moves. Your reaction to jazz guys, Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles, winning silver and bronze in the Olympics, or the U.S. gold? What excited you more? And we'll do all that next. Stay with us. The 2021 induction class wants to thank those previous inductees who gave long-winded acceptance speeches, forcing us to have a whopping six minutes to recap our football careers. I want to give a special thanks to my old rival, Ray Lewis, for being here tonight. Ray just finished giving his speech that he started in 2018. 
Hall of Fame. Class of 2020 goes in Saturday. 2021 goes in Sunday. That's Peyton Manning making jokes in his six minutes. Six minutes seems awfully short. It does. Especially for an accomplished performer like Peyton Manning. So give him ten minutes, and the rest of you guys get six. You didn't take the same same classes that he took at Tennessee. And we just we've seen him on he, Saturday he did in high Live. school. He's better. He we've was in plays in high, high school. school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's used yeah. to being in front of the camera, so to speak. If you crushed it on Saturday Night Live, you get a little more wiggle room. John Lynch, I saw some of his, uh, and he John Lynch, wow. What a guy. I mean, he went to Stanford to play baseball and football. Uh, I, I interviewed him once and when he was a player uh, in Tampa, and you could tell, wow, I mean, this guy, he's got it all. He's got it all. And I saw his, his little thing. He did a little tribute to Herm Edwards, who was in the crowd, and he said, Herm, we made it. Because he said Herm was the guy who told him, you can be there. You can have the bust. Herm likes to talk like that. Leave it on the grass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, he does. Know. All that type of hocus pocus or hokey stuff, whatever you call it. And so all that kind of stuff that got him to ESPN and got him yeah. to the Arizona State job. You can you can have a bust. Not you could be in a hall, but you can have the bust. You can have the bronze bust. That's you know? how San Diego State guys are. Uh, so he uh, he referenced him, and then Herm gave him a we and, and John said we did it. But, yeah, I think six minutes is a little on the short side. It's only been a recent thing that they've limited these speeches because they used to have guys go 20 minutes. I remember Michael Irvin was going for well on 20 minutes before he finished up. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Settle in. If you're sitting, if you're sitting at home in the air conditioning. <laughs> sure. As opposed to sweltering on a hot, humid yeah, Ohio but day. It, <laughs> I, I'm with PK. Why would you limit it to just six minutes? Ray Lewis, I would give two. <laughs> Speaking of people who can get wound up and he don't get, get through one, he don't get through one analogy before he get two minutes. Because he tries to act like every word he says is profound. And like, uh, and some guys ramble. I remember one time uh, TNT had Barkley, and they brought in uh, Howard Dwight Howard on the set, and Barkley was trying to provide him with counsel, and it just go do it off the air. <laughs> it, it didn't didn't really work. But some guys can be very, they, they're just so eloquent and they know how to express themselves to, to the highest degree. And I remember that Michael Irvin speech, and it was really good. Utah Jazz made it official over the weekend. They have re-signed Mike Conley. And they have signed Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside and traded for Eric Pascal from the Golden State Warriors. NBA rules allowed them to send out releases and notify everyone. Media availability is coming up today, 1, 1.30, 2, and 3 o'clock. Well, that's great that they had them, you know, because it was official Friday, so you're probably not going to do it on the weekend. So bring them in here Monday. Uh, Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gay, I want to hear what they have to say. I mean, Mike, I just assumed Mike was going to come back. There was no way he was going to endure the trauma having to drive another route to in a different arena. Okay, he didn't say that. <laughs> That's other people. <laughs> Who are you? Other people you enjoy tweaking. <laughs> well, I'm sounding kind of sarcastic, Herm Edwards. <laughs> but the combination of yeah. how good a shot do you have at winning the title and how much money you're going to make, and you look at those two things, 
And both those boxes get checked pretty well for the Jazz. So he was coming back. I don't know what their GPAs and their test scores are, but I'd have to imagine Mike Conley was well into the top half, if not the top 10% of NBA players. Uh, so he's got enough brains to realize this situation is plenty good enough. This is where I belong right now. So I always thought that that was going to happen for sure. So I don't. I I I pretty much know. I think we all know what Mike is going to say today. That's true. Yeah, but I want to hear what Gay and and Whiteside have to say. Hassan Whiteside, how are you so good? How did you disappear? Dominant, Dominant yeah. man. How did you so completely, and, and I get it, Sacramento. Why'd you suck in Sacramento? Team. Get to the point. <laughs> Who's going to answer that? <laughs> how did you drop so completely well, off the radar? phrase it. What was going on in Sacramento that statistically no. didn't match what you did other places? No, essentially, why did you suck? No, no, just say, why did you suck in yeah, Sacramento? But no one's going to say that, and I don't blame them. I wouldn't say it either. But you can phrase it in... Welcome to town. Why did you suck last year? <laughs> you only played 31 games for those yeah, guys. Yeah, when you why? were really but see, I think good. That's what you have to... That's the stuff you want to dive into and why you need to... Aside from... Compared the to... What, cannonballing yeah. into the deep end of the pool by saying, why did you suck? So why just... spraying everyone on the deck. Yeah, so why 31 games? Yeah, he can just, just say, oh, Sacramento sucks. You ever tried playing with them? <laughs> and then let him say it, yeah. Yeah, they're a mess. Whereas here, I'm coming in. They tell me my vision. They gave me. They gave me their vision of what I can be here is and he, what I will be. Does he have injuries we don't know about? Is he carrying something? How many minutes can he play? Well, I'm, I'm assuming the Jazz have researched that to yeah. the nth degree. NBA teams get doctors and get MRIs that the rest of us don't have. So they've got to have all that information here. I'm excited. I mean, I don't know that they've had a player that they've brought in with this kind of credential who wasn't done. I mean, they brought in Danny Manning, who was a great player, but obviously he was ravaged by injuries. Right. Uh, Joe, Johnson Joe Johnson clearly was at the end. Now, he what he gave you what he could give you, but well, Whiteside... Playoff series. Yeah, and he, yeah, you'd take that every time. But he, everyone knew you weren't getting the Joe Johnson of prior years. Whiteside, what are you getting? Like with Gay, you're not going to get the premium Rudy Gay, but you don't need the premium Rudy Gay because you got the premium Donovan Mitchell and so forth. So I believe Gay will come in and be a significant addition. The Whiteside thing has got me the most intrigued. Where is this guy at on the timeline of his NBA career. How much fuel is there in the fact that maybe he didn't play that well, or I don't even know, I can't even know that I can say that. I wasn't following at all what was going on to where he still has actually a lot left, and this is going to be one heck of a signing. I mean, who thought Royce O'Neal would be what he was or is? Nobody. At least, well, maybe they did, but Joe Blow Me didn't, and so he's a critical component. You know, what can Whiteside give you because he, he can get anywhere near what he gave Miami, you're getting a great player. Whiteside just turned 32. He'll be 33 during the NBA Finals next year. That is so an he'll age. Be playing. That is an age where yeah, if you're, that'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's an age where you can still be, if not prime you, you can be 85, 90 percent of prime you. But it's also an age where you can fall off the table and 50 percent of you. 
So the thing is, as much as we want to quiz him on this, what is he going to say? Now, he might tell us about, hey, I couldn't talk about it at the time, but I had this happen earlier in the season, and I'm a vet, yeah. and you know, they decided at some point, hey, we got to play young guys. It just wasn't a good fit, me being a vet and them being a young team. Maybe it's that simple. Maybe it is. Yeah, I don't know. Or... Or maybe the skills are just eroding. I mean, guys do take hits at 32 and 33. Yeah, they do. No, there's no question. The good thing is you're not asking him. You don't necessarily need him to be like Rudy Gay, prime Rudy Gay. You're, it, because if you're getting prime both of those guys, well, you're not getting them because they're going to command more money. And Gay, to me, it's obvious. Okay, older dude wants to win. Coming to a winning situation, his skill set is one that they need. He can contribute, contribute to a winning situation. I would think at his age, what's he, 35, mm-hmm. he's not interested in any nonsense here. He's, inter- he's interested yeah, he's in coming good. in with all sorts of stability, and he just screams that type of player. I'm going to come in here and play ball. You know what I'm going to give you, and they know what I'm going to give you, and so let's get this thing done and see what we can do. That To me, that seems obvious. Well, I think it's really obvious based on his career. I mean, he just spent four years in San Antonio. Right, and they're in a rebuild. Right. Jazz aren't in a rebuild. San Antonio doesn't need a 35-year-old. But he's played four years in a pretty structured system. He's coming to a a team that's been built in the San Antonio mold. He knows what he's getting into. So I think to your point, it's really obvious how this happened with Rudy Gay. Right. You know? Now, Rudy Gay could also maybe just put his hand in front of that mic and handle it for Hassan White saying, hey, <laughs> I was in Sacramento. Let me tell you how it is. No, I don't think he Because he was. He won't be talking at the same time. No, he won't. It'll be the Zoom era. It's all different. They're all not up there. Right. At, in, but he did uh, three and a half years in Sacramento, so. He served? <laughs> 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 that was his penalty. He paid his price to society. <laughs> and before that, he was with Mike in Memphis, right? So there's all all sorts of ties here. Yeah, the Jazz are Spurs light. Conley was a was a teammate. They overlapped. I prefer to look at as a Spurs malt. Explain. Well, Moss a little stronger. Oh, you went light. Okay. I'm going more. I see what you're getting at. Yeah. All right. Well, those press conferences are coming up today. Media availabilities, 1, 1 2, 3 o'clock. So all afternoon here on the Zone That sounds Sports like Network. that song, uh, Rock Around the Clock. <laughs> <laughs> when the clock strikes two, we'll have Rudy Gay. Hey, hey, what do you say when the clock strikes four? <laughs> <laughs> we had Andy Bailey on NBA we'll analyst be and writer. Done. Won't be asking no more. NBA uh, analyst and writer for Bleacher Report. <laughs> Lakers. Nobody wants to hear the Lakers. Nobody respect us. Literally, Shut nobody. Up. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> but that's what they're running around saying. You had major injuries, or you had a legit chance of repeating as NBA champs. You guys are the ones who turn the roster upside down every year. But you contenders every year. Because the two guys at the top. No, especially the one guy. Especially the one guy, right. So just stop it with that. But Lakers, Suns, Jazz. You know how people are. I know. Lakers, Suns, Jazz all have their shot. Clippers and Nuggets would be in that category if they didn't both have star players with major knee injuries. 
Well, when they get their health back, they probably go back into that category. Do you think the Warriors can make that leap? I mean, Steph Curry yes. looked awesome. Yes. yes, I do. Clay Thompson's been out two years. What's he going to look like when he comes back? That's a long time to He's not play high-level basketball. He's going to have a pure jump shot. <laughs> because I saw Jeff Hornacek in his 50s. <laughs> With a pure jump shot. Give a shooting demonstration. Can he, can he do everything else? Clay Thompson. He's pretty athletic. Yeah, but see, Clay Thompson is, is much younger. Hornacek was older, obviously, when he had to quit. But the shooting has never gone away. Never, ever. He put. They had him do a little shooting drill, what they were going to... Uh, have you do, and he went five for five, and he was sheepish on the fifth one as it hit nothing but net. <laughs> yeah, and like the guy was born to do this. Clay Thompson is born to hit jump shots, so I'm expecting him to be fine. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm expecting Clay Thompson to be fine, so I'm expecting the Warriors to be cracking around the 50 win mark. When we come back, your feedback. Gold medal for USA men's basketball, but silver for Rudy Gobert in France. Bronze for Joe Ingles and Australia. Which made you happier? We'll get to that next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Former Washington Husky receiver, new BYU Cougar receiver, Puka Nakua. Kind of walk us through the decision to come back to Utah. It's crazy how everything pretty much comes full circle and to be back home right here in Provo is something I didn't see. But uh, kind of just some family discussions and then some talk with my, obviously, Samson and we come back as a duo. The both of us have the opportunity to come back and play in front of our family in the hometown and there's nothing like playing in front of the family and the opportunity presented itself here at BYU so it was something that we missed out on in high school and we got to play when we were younger but my older brother Kai and Isaiah played against each other in high school and me and Samson played against each other so when we had a chance to team up I think we got to take it for sure. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Quit spending time sorting pills. Call Ochre Mountain Pharmacy today and have them sort and deliver your, your custom prescription, prescription blister packs free of charge. Call them at 801 252 That's Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Are you happier for Joe Ingles finally winning an Olympic medal or the U.S. men's basketball team winning the gold again? You gave them a choice. You didn't push them in one direction or the other. Yeah, it was still somewhat loaded. I fifty-six people have liked it. I liked what uh, Damian Lillard said. It's joy and relief, but let's not overlook the fact that there's some relief. Oh yeah, because that's what happens when you're the prohibitive. Yes, there really isn't like you Australia. The good thing about Australia, it was pure joy. I think in their hearts they expected to do it. But it wasn't like there was this overwhelming amount of pressure on them. Uh, and The U.S. is the favorite. The U.S. Yeah. has the pressure. It, we own this sport. We just do. And it's not like some of these other sports. Like baseball, they lost to Japan. Well, I don't know about who's going from Japan, but I know there's no major leaguers. The major league, yeah. <laughs> this isn't the NHL. They don't. Yeah. The NHL hits pause during the Olympics. And all the best Olympic players go over and compete for their country. Right. And baseball really can't do that because it's an outdoor sport, largely. And you get into 
October, and a lot of these big money teams are in the Northeast, and who wants to the see The weather them? starts getting awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I like Jerry Colangelo's idea to have a baseball classic and go play the World Series at one location in a warm weather spot, but I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't either. Nobody wants to give up those home games. I know. But it's a nice idea, and they take the weather out of it, uh, so they can't stop. But basketball, it's off-season. Um, and, I, and, you know, I actually think that in three years you'll see a rejuvenation, and we'll get closer to the top players. There were a lot of injuries, and if that happens, then the U.S. is in a great spot. Because the, the two lessons, and you hate it when they bring up before and they didn't win— we got this debate about whether they're ever going to lose again. They're not. There's two lessons. They're not. And if they let them go, then they'll lose again. But get your best players and have them play together more than one summer. Because in addition to the talk about relief, there's stories about Drew Holiday getting used to the ball, which has a different feel. And yeah, but he didn't need it. As it turned out. <laughs> they don't but need those, it. All, all your assumptions two things, are based on them losing, but they didn't lose. But all those are the two reasons <laughs> they will lose if they're going to. So if they don't have those two things happen, then they win. But they're, at some point, history repeats itself because people forget lessons. Yeah, in 100 years. They're not, they're not going to lose. I think that... I also think the fact that this thing with the season ending, LeBron's probably thinking, well, gosh, I'm going to go into July... He's not thinking he's going out in the first round. And plus he got older, too. I, I give LeBron a pass. He's done. When he doesn't need to do it anymore. He's already represented our country at a high level. At, at, he was actually on that 0-14. So he did his three trips. Because he didn't go in 16 either, I don't think. He did his three trips. And if Durant doesn't go again, well, he's done it three times. Well, he's in his fine. 30s. He'd be 35, 36 years old. And, and I get why guys at 35 really need the offseason. Of course. But the guys in the late 20s and early 30s can uh, play. Mitchell will be there. Yeah, you'd think so, right? Oh, and there were no so soul. many injuries this year that I get why a lot of guys didn't go. First off, some of them legit have the injury. And then secondly, it's a real short turnaround into the next season. It's a real short turnaround after the playoffs. So and, we'll get and back maybe to normal. Booker and, and Holiday and Middleton probably aren't getting enough credit for going, like finishing the finals in, in the case of two no, of them I having the parade. And then go. Did. I think they did. So... I think they did. That, that, they could have taken the easy way out. They didn't. Yeah, all first-timers. Why, why wouldn't right. you go? I, who wouldn't? Wouldn't be dying to go, wouldn't you? If well, you hadn't gone. Apparently. Yeah. They'll be fine next, next go-around. There'll be players. Zion. Mitchell. Jokic. Who knows in three years? Three years in pro sports is a long time. Jokic will have to get his team qualified. Don't put him on the U.S. team. Why not? Olajuwon was on the U.S. team. <laughs> don't, we're not going down this rabbit hole now. Are you <laughs> pretending to be dumb at 9.55? <laughs> no, no. You'll get citizenship, time. buddy. Okay. You're the greatest freaking country in the world, and I don't make any apologies fine. for it. <laughs> Unlike somebody. How about the people who are not rooting for the U.S.? They're mad at the guys about last summer? Because they think they're taking the patriotic stand. The, the problem I have with that... Rooting against the U.S. has taken the patriotic stand? Yes, because they rooted against the U.S. Those folks went against what we're about. So, yes, in a twisted way. But now they've set way. their differences aside and they've gone over there to I represent did. the red, white, and blue. Some of them on super short notice right after finishing the finals. I, I think you, in a, in a free society, you have to take stuff that you don't agree with. 
right? You don't get your way all the time? <laughs> well, I'm so, my way all the time. So that's the essence of the free country oh, here. I thought you were going to say that's the essence of me. <laughs> no. Oh, I want my way all the time? Yeah, I well, want I'm my no way different than anybody else. I want my way all the time. But even though stuff over here bugs you... You still have to come together at the end of the day and... But you have to accept that they have the freedom to do that. Right. Without getting into a prolonged political thing, the only thing that I can agree with being upset about is folks doing it on the job. On the job, do the job. Because the rest of us... I can't come out and okay, but you're the one. You're the king of life. Isn't fair. You and I can't do it on the job because we just our average Joe's having a job, and they've got one of a kind, off the charts talent. So they can do it on the job. And life isn't fair. Different people get to play by different rules. Jimmy Johnson wakes up Troy Eggman, but he cuts the other dude. All true. So, but I get why people would be upset about others doing, doing it, it on, on the, the job. job. And I get why they'd be upset about their message, but that's part of the free deal we got going on here. You're making a lot of sense to me. (laughs) I want to argue with you, but it's true. The funny thing is, the last time the country went through something like this, apparently, and I'm not old enough to remember it, but... I am. The 60s. And there oh, were, there were geez, people who the didn't 60s. go. The free love I got in the 60s? You, no, no. <laughs> if you remember it, you were, you were a little... <laughs> never mind. In 1968, hey, Jersey, man. In 1968 and 72, the best collegiate players didn't play. That was part of what was tearing Did the country apart. Did not. Like, oh, Bill Walton, Walton didn't, didn't play, play okay, in 72. Kareem right. didn't play in 68. So there's a couple all-time Hall of Famers who didn't play, and I think if we dig in, there were more guys. Now, there were some good guys, some very talented players who did play, but there were also very talented players who didn't. And they didn't for political reasons? Yeah, I think some of them. I can't say all of them. I, I can't even tell you who they all were. But So the captain never played in the Olympics? So 68 and 72, those teams were not full-strength college teams. And they did win in Amateurs, 68, yeah. but they, they didn't did. in se- they did in 68. Was well, 72 where they got jobs? 72 is where they played the end of the game three times. We're going to keep playing until these guys over here win. Oh, Doug Collins is on that team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he would be one of the very good players who was on that team. Yeah. But I think somehow if they had Bill Walton fresh off of 21 out of 22 in the NCAA title game, that game might have gone differently. Was that that was that the year? Uh yeah, that he, he won that, that. I think yeah, because I think it was his sophomore year. He did oh. in seventy two. If not, it was right before he did it in seventy three. Okay. okay, yeah. It, yeah, it yeah. fell on his titles fell on either side of that Olympics. All right. All right. So this time, whatever the difference is, guys still win. I mean, Durant still win. If Durant doesn't go, they don't win. Maybe they don't win with some of the other guys. Durant needed some help, but Durant was the biggest piece of the puzzle. No question. Man. Drew Holiday got multiple shout outs for the difference his defense made. Love seeing Durant play. Draymond Green got multiple shout-outs for the difference his Love defense made. seeing them made. being happy when they won, too. Yeah, but Lillard was right about the relief. Yeah. That was definitely part of the mix. Because for all your hollering, they were worried when they lost those two early games in the scrimmage. And for they were, all my passionately stating the facts. <laughs> and they were worried when they lost to France in the first Olympic game. And there's relief that they pulled it off. Sure. I mean, credit France. France put pressure on them in the final. But they answered the bell. All right, we're done. Hands and Scotty are up next. We'll see you tomorrow.